Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. Have you ever wondered why there's not more discussion on the hardest part of homeschooling? Addressing big emotions. Our big emotions as homeschool parents and also our kids' big emotions. Today, we're going to address what I think is the most difficult part of homeschooling. We're going to discuss the third tool in our Homeschool Mama Big Emotions Toolbox, our feelings. What might be some of our Homeschool Mama Big Emotions? Oh, I don't know. Anger? You can handle one kid being too sharp or unkind with you, have a disrespectful tone, but four kids? Not so much. Or you've told that kid a thousand times to do dot, 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 and they forgot again. Or that angry feeling, that intense feeling that you have around that particular time of month. Irritation over sibling squabbles, constant interruptions of any thought you have, that maybe you can never find the scissors, or is that just me? Or no matter how many times you clear the minivan of garbage or dog hair or Lego pieces, it's always gross and always a mess. Or what about loneliness? That feeling like you're doing this homeschool thing all by yourself. You don't have the communal support that you would ideally love to have, so you can do this homeschool thing for the long term. Guilt? You lost it on your child. How about you don't have the motivation to do the cool things that everyone on Instagram or Pinterest are doing? Stress? There's actually more going on in your homeschool than your homeschool challenges. Maybe you've got a sick parent, a parent with dementia, or your marriage is in a lot of trouble, and you know it. You think maybe you're dealing with an unresolved trauma or depression from an event entirely outside of your homeschool experience. So many possibilities, how we are experiencing our big emotions in our homeschool. So today I'm going to share five tools in our homeschool mama toolbox for our big emotions. But first, I want to invite you to an intensive group coaching on April 21st. I'm offering an intensive to discuss our self-care strategies that help us do this homeschool thing over the long term and really to address all these big emotions. So that's on April 21st. You're also invited to the Homeschool Mama Book Club on April 15th. That is a book club where we are going to meet Julie Bogart and discuss her recent book, Raising Critical Thinkers. 
And this week, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we get to have a live chat with a previous podcast guest, Jennifer Bryant from practicalfamily.org. Do you remember the discussion I had with Jennifer about building a self-awareness approach to addressing our frustrations in our homeschool, to addressing sometimes our sibling rivalry issues in our homeschool? This is going to be a really practical chat with Jen, and you can join us live ask questions, have a discussion with her and I on the Patreon community, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. And I would love to meet you there. Recently, I heard from Bella. She said, I was just reading through the chapter in your book last night about anger and failure. Whew, like you're speaking right to me. Every night, I can't wait to jump back into your book. Thank you for so authentically sharing about the moments and feelings we all experience, but rarely go into detail about. You will feel seen and supported in this book. Bella, thank you. That is my goal for you and for those listening to feel seen and supported. So I have to myself be authentic here. And in my coaching sessions, I have to be authentic. In my book, I'm authentic. Authenticity calls us to own who we are, all aspects of us, to love ourselves despite our unlovable parts, and fearlessly share what we're supposed to share in this life. And it is my intent to do that, but also to call it up in you, to be authentic, to do the thing you were meant to do in this life. Today's episode is sponsored by the Homeschool Mama Retreat. Last week, I shared what we discussed in the first week of the Homeschool Mama Retreat, and in the second of four weeks, we'll address your big emotions of homeschool. Doubt, overwhelm, loneliness, imbalance, failure, impatience, perfectionism, not good enough, stress, even boundary issues. And definitely those days. How do we address those days? We're going to have meaningful, transformative conversations that will help you see yourself, understand your big emotions, your real experiences in your homeschool, the ones that you don't always want to share, even with a friend or a mom, and you'll get perspective, a new light on what's really going on, and practical tools to address your real homeschool challenges. If you'd like to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that by heading over to my website, capturingthecharmlife.com, and leave a message on the SpeakPipe app on a podcast show notes page, or add a comment to any post. I'd love to hear from you. So what's been happening in your homeschool? This is what has been happening in mine. So during spring break, I... It actually did a little bit of spring cleaning in the homeschool room. It was filled with dust. That's also the room that Violet, our great Pyrenees, spends a lot of time in with us. So there's a lot of white hair, a lot of dust, and a whole bunch of books. I have a hard time letting go of books. There are so many emotional memories attached to books 
that remind me of the moments that we spent reading on the couch or just different places that we read. We traveled a lot, had a lot of adventures. So those adventures that we had with each of the kids and where we read those books bring back a whole lot of memories. So I have a hard time getting rid of books. I'm rather wistful of our earlier homeschool days. They were very sweet memories, and I have so many memories of adventures that we had as a family with our homeschooled kids, and those books remind me of those adventures. Well, we had a few mini adventures on our spring break, but they were really miniature compared to the big adventures that we've had around the world. We went to a movie theater. We haven't been to a movie theater in two years very comfortable movie theater. It was fully newly renovated, some advantages of the pandemic. Nothing like our travel adventures that we've had in the past. As a family of six, I haven't spent a lot of time sharing with you stories of our travel. I definitely will. We've had experiences traveling into Kenya and Ghana, so East and West Africa. We've been in Italy in Netherlands, in France, in England. We've been all across and around United States and Canada and to the Arctic Ocean, which I think is the most memorable moment. A field trip to the Arctic Ocean, me and my three girls in a four-seat Cessna flying over top pingos and eventually landing in Taktoyaktak, being able to touch the Arctic Ocean waters. Amazing. The kids remember the very last trip that we all had together, which was to an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica, where we can have as much pizza as we want. One of the biggest adventures that we're going to have this summer, hopefully, cross fingers, is to reopen our bed and breakfast. And the adventures are going to come to us. All these experiences, whether it comes in the form of meeting a new person or a new place in a read aloud, or whether it's a visit to a local movie theater, or whether it's a trip, all these adventures help to build a sense of wonder in our homeschools. So this morning, I was reading a book called I Have a Dream, the Story of Martin Luther King. I gained so much homeschool motivation by having these cool little experiences, mini adventures and grand adventures with my homeschooled kids. And the adventure of a lifetime is me learning all about myself as I've been a homeschool parent all these years. As we get started to discuss the tools in our Homeschool Mama Big Emotions Toolbox, I came across this incredible quote by Martin Luther King, which so applies to us in our world, especially over these last couple of years and all the divisive discussions we've had with family and friends and random people on Facebook. He said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Love is not an emotional bash. It is not empty sentimentalism. It is the active outpouring of one's whole being into the being of another. That so reminds me of how more is caught than taught as a homeschool parent, and no less with our big emotions. How we engage our big emotions and how we show up in our homeschool and in our families is definitely more caught than taught with our homeschooled kids. That is one of the biggest reasons that we need to engage our big emotions because they're watching us. 
So what is the third tool in your homeschool mama toolbox for big emotions? Your feelings. In part one, we discussed how your body is your first tool in your homeschool mama toolbox for big emotions. Part two, we talked about how our thoughts are a tool in addressing our big emotions. And in part three, we're going to talk about how our feelings are a tool to address our big emotions. But before we get started, if you're thinking like I'm thinking, um, what's the difference between emotions and feelings? Aren't they the same word? They're just synonyms, right? Well, not everyone would say so. I know we do use those words interchangeably, but Sarah Susanka, one of my previous podcast guests, author of The Not-So-Big Life, helped me understand the difference between emotions and feelings, and she will do more justice than I in explaining that. So you can head over to that podcast episode, one of the most remarkable conversations I've ever had in my life. There was a moment where she shared that emotions are things that really embody both thoughts and feelings at the same time. Feelings are those things that you feel in your body, those things that you experience in response to your thoughts. This all assumes, though, that you actually know yourself, that you actually understand what your big emotions are. You feel things all the time, of course. We're humans. We experience feelings in so many different ways. But you might not be self-aware enough that you have an emotional descriptor for how you're feeling. You might not have an ability to put it into words. When you're on a timeline Monday morning, you need to be somewhere for a doctor's appointment at 11 o'clock and all the kids need to be in the car. They need to be ready. They need to have done whatever things you need them to do before they get into that car. They need to have eaten. They need to get dressed. They need to have maybe done a math worksheet or whatever it is you do in your homeschool. You need the oldest kid to help you with the youngest kid. You need to grab the thing before you go to the doctor's office because the doctor asks you to bring something. And then you feel this pressure, this intensity, because two of the kids are at it again. Now? Right now? Really? You kind of got a lot of stuff. You're trying to coordinate everything. Can we just make one smooth morning out of a Monday morning? Is that possible? That might be my experience when that dynamic is presenting in my home. And you might have a very different experience. Maybe you know better than to actually include everybody when you're going to the doctor's office, or maybe you know there ain't no way you're going to a doctor on Monday morning. Whatever the scenario, it doesn't matter how we write a specific story, we will all experience that story differently. So when something happens, you feel something. When that same thing happens, I might feel something different. Do you know? how you feel when that something happens. What are you most likely to feel? If I talk with you about having a bad day, what would the typical context be for that bad day? We tend to experience things on repeat. 
if I talk about your typical bad day, what is going on in your world? Who are the people involved? How did you feel when you woke up? Did you have a good sleep? Have you been feeling supported and connected in your relationships recently? Or have you been struggling with a lifelong disconnect with important people in your life? Have you ever spent time addressing any of those issues? Is there something else that you need to address right now? All of humanity has experience with all the emotions, but we all experience them differently. We all have different triggers. Different things make us happy, mad, sad, glad. You know, the four base emotions. Before I share how we can wield this tool, knowing your big emotions, I assume you're spending time alone to even know your feelings. You can access the Homeschool Mom of Big Emotions journaling workbook to help you dig deep into your emotions. So today I'm going to give you five tools to address your feelings. The first principle of wielding this tool, your feelings, is to acknowledge that you have them. Just as you can't leave your tools or your toolbox out in the rain, you can't leave your feelings out in the rain or pretend that they don't exist. Oh, I know you can. I know many people that try. And it's pretty clear that it actually complicates stuff. Not too long ago, we left our electrical generator outside, uncovered, not under a tarp. And guess what? It didn't work for very long. You can't leave things out, act like they don't exist, and then hope to plug them in when you most need them. You have to recognize that your emotional climate is like, kind of like the weather. It shifts with the wind it shifts with the greater atmosphere, but there is always an emotional climate. So here's a few practices that you can practice to address your feelings. The first one is journaling. A journaling practice helped me immensely over the course of my life. When I was seven, I purchased my first item ever. It was that green lock journal. And in that journal, I wrote every morning, I woke up, I made my bed, I brushed my teeth. Not a lot of inspiration there. Thankfully, it meant I was not likely going to the dentist very often because it seemed to me I wrote down every morning I brushed my teeth. I wasn't speaking about emotions, but the act of writing about myself got me more comfortable with the notion of writing about emotion. Eventually, I learned to write my feelings or the activities of the day, how I related to them. That act of writing everything down helped me process what I was feeling. Eventually, I wrote stories and fiction stories and fiction stories based on nonfiction and random snippets of stories that related to favorite television shows I watched. I wrote short stories and novellas. I just wrote a lot. That writing act helped me process my perception of the real stories in my world. I feel like I wrote myself out of confusion, that it was a self-counseling act, a self-coaching act. 
And even in my coaching sessions today, I continue to encourage homeschool moms to journal in their notebooks about how they feel. There's a reason that I've created a journaling notebook for big emotions. And recently I've completed a second journaling notebook for overcoming overwhelm in your homeschool. I think journaling, putting your feelings on a paper is powerful. It has shown its power in my life. The second tool I'd offer is to get connected to your body. Okay, what do I mean by that? We're connected to our body. That's kind of obvious. Here it is. I can feel it. I can see it. But sometimes we are unaware of how our body is reacting to our feelings. Sometimes when we're feeling intense, we need to stop and allow ourselves to really feel it in our body, to identify what we're feeling in our body. If you have a typical homeschool challenge, like you feel frustrated with your kids because of something, or you hear some unexpected news, some traumatic news coming from somewhere, or you're just trying to get the kids to sit at the table and actually do their homeschool, this is what we can do. Go somewhere where others are not. Sit on a chair, feet on the ground, hands on your lap. Now you're going to breathe and inhale for five beats. Hold it for five. Exhale for five. Inhale for five. Hold it for five. Exhale for five. What do you feel? Where do you feel it? Do you feel your feet tingling? Is there a knot in your stomach? Is there pressure over your heart? Do your palms feel sweaty? Or how are you feeling what you're feeling right now? How are you feeling in your body? There's nothing quite like breathing to help slow us down and to identify what's going on with our bodies. But another thing that we can do is to do a grounding technique to identify our five senses. What do you see right now? Especially when you're in anxious moment or especially angry moment or very intense feeling moment. You can ask yourself these five questions. What do you see? Right now, I see myself cross-legged in my closet, staring at my computer. What do you hear? I hear nothing because my kids are in town and the dog is not barking. What do you feel? My hands are on my lap. The sweatpants I'm wearing are soft and cuddly. What do you taste? Probably an aftertaste of a cappuccino and a glass of lemon water before I joined this podcast recording. What do you smell? The most powerful sense that we have. What do you smell? Nothing. It's my closet. It's a clean room. We're good. 
using your five senses helps to ground you and to get into your body and to feel what's going on inside of your body, which helps bring you out of your head, out of the intensity of perhaps anger or anxiety, or you fill in the blank. Another tool that we can use is mirror work. What do I mean by mirror work? Simply put, I mean standing in front of a mirror and asking yourself how you're feeling. And yeah, I really mean that. I was talking to my son the other day about engaging his big emotions. And as soon as I said, do you know what you can do when you're feeling really intense? And he said, I know, mom, stand in front of a mirror and look at myself. (laughs) It's really funny, actually, having that chat with a 13-year-old boy. But I truly appreciate that conversation one day because... As per every human being, we all need to address our big emotions. Lucky for him, he's 13 and he has a parent that actually has some semblance of awareness in how to engage those big emotions. I didn't always. I definitely did not know how to address my big emotions with my first couple kids. Let me explain the idea of mirror work. One day, When I was frustrated with one or two or four, I don't remember, of my kids, I wanted to text my husband at work and complain because that is what I did. And what I did frequently, my poor husband who is working in Emerge, having to deal with all sorts of genuinely emergent things at times. And here I'm going, oh my goodness, this is so irritating. I can't believe this thing is happening. Have you been there? Well, It is helpful to have somebody else outside of me genuinely care about what's going on. Probably I really wanted him to relieve me of my intense feelings though. And that is not something that another person can do or do well. Ultimately, it's about us figuring out how to address our emotions and figuring out how to unlock things or alter perspectives in ourselves. But On this special day, he must have been busy addressing somebody's bigger issues than I had, so I had to find an alternate approach. So I texted a different friend. (laughs) But she wasn't available either. So what to do? Well, I always had me. So I took myself to the mirror, and I stared into the swollen red eyes, and I spoke to myself in my raspy voice because I'd been yelling, so my voice was hoarse. I could see someone sad, frustrated, someone that felt defeated, mistreated. I'm so sorry that you're feeling like this because I could see myself as a different human being, even though I knew I was me, I could see myself. I was almost more tender. I spoke to myself like I would speak to a mom who had a super frustrating day with their kid. I would definitely be kind. I would definitely honor the fact that she loves her kids, even though she was yelling at her kids or she was sad. Her tears are as profuse as her frustrations. I would definitely honor the fact that all moms everywhere make mistakes with their approach to their kids, all moms, and that we learn as we go. I said to myself, I'm sorry you're feeling as you do. I am sorry you're frustrated. And you know what? 
I began to feel better. So that is the mirror technique, to take yourself to the mirror and talk to yourself like a good friend. Another tool that I use, which we all love to use, is to sometimes use another human to talk through those things. An objective human, though. So a really good friend, a mom, a partner. Sure, they care about you and they obviously care about your kids as well. But they're not objective. They have their emotional reactions to what's going on as well. Maybe they're frustrated with the child because you were frustrated. Or maybe they're feeling sad for the child because you mistreated their child. Or maybe they've known you so long they do not understand why you do not understand what you should already understand at this point in your life. They can't help you walk through the challenge you have. Someone who can hear the depths of your heart and reflect it back to you that can ask great questions that help you understand yourself or help you understand someone else to gain clarity in a situation. Someone like a therapist or a coach is worth its weight in gold. And P.S. You're not usually looking for someone else's advice when you do this. You think you are. You're looking for someone to help you unravel your internal world, your thoughts, your feelings, your confusion, but ultimately discover the clarity. When is the right time for you to visit a coach or a therapist? It's before you're feeling desperate. If you're on the cusp of desperate, you need to go see someone or talk to somebody objective. Our chief want is someone who will inspire us to be what we know we could be, says Ralph Waldo Emerson. The biggest benefit behind a therapist or a coach is perspective. Objective perspective. So today I shared five tools to address your homeschool mama big emotions. We talked about a journaling practice. We talked about feeling what's going on in our body. We talked about a grounding technique. We talked about using our mirrors. And we talked about engaging a coach or a therapist. Which one are you going to put into practice this week? Share with me what you're working on by commenting on this podcast episode post on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com, or you can chat with me live Wednesday at our support chat with Jen Bryant. And if we haven't met before, I waive the fee for our first one-on-one coaching session where we can get to know each other and we can begin to address the challenge that you're experiencing in your homeschool and your life. If you're interested, connect with me at Teresa Weedrick at Outlook.com. I want to return to Martin Luther King's quote. What a powerful quote, especially in light of, well, a whole bunch of things happening in the last couple years. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. I hope you and your homeschool kids have a charmed week. But if it's a challenging week, I hope you can get perspective and transform those homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. I'm so glad that you are part of the Homeschool Mama self-care podcast community. 
I can't wait to get to know you more and your homeschooled kiddos. I encourage you to jump on to my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. And in the show notes page of this podcast episode, you can share all about you, introduce you and your homeschooled kids on the SpeakPipe app to that page, or you can throw a comment up on any page and I'd be happy to connect with you because I'm here to walk alongside you from one homeschool mama to another to encourage you toward clarity, confidence, and vision in your homeschool. To build into this community, I have created a Patreon community. As a supporter, your contribution helps me access equipment, reach guests, and supports the time it takes to get into the creative work to build each of these episodes. Be a supporter and you receive access to my Patreon-only feed, access to extended guest interviews, discounts on group mentoring, intensives, and masterminds, all the archived Patreon episodes and content, a community of like-minded homeschool moms. You can also access monthly support chats and ask me anything days. I'm really looking forward to building into this community, building into you and getting to know you. If you're interested in joining the Homeschool Mama self-care Patreon community, you can check me out on patreon.com homeschool mama self-care. I'll see you there.